0: this week's episode of Riding the 3x3. Patrick Fetch and I, Russ Heltman, dive into everything surrounding college athletics this fall and the hits keep coming people. We get into it today as the Big Ten announced they will be playing a conference-only schedule if they're playing any fall sports at all in the 2020 season. Then Pat and I dive into another Pat's Big Hey day. Mr. Mahomes got the big bag. We dive into what it means for him, what it means for the other quarterbacks waiting to get their payday, and much more before giving our top three names, new names, for the Washington football franchise and the Cleveland Major League Baseball franchise. All of that on this week's Riding the 3x3. Catch us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Throw us a little review. Give us five stars. Keep supporting the Riding the 3x3 movement. Let's get into lane number one. Opening up lane number one on this week's Riding the 3x3. I, of course, am your host, Russ Heltman, joined, as always, by my co-host, Patrick Fetch. Pat, it is blistering hot here in the state of Ohio. You staying cool, my man? Russ, Russ, Russ. I'm doing my best. Not doing
1: good, but I'm doing my best. I'm just happy to be talking to you today. It's <laughs> been a long week. My back hurts. My knees hurt. I'm tired. I'm just happy to be talking to you, man.
0: I'm just happy to hear you. We've been working men this week, Pat, and we're ready to work through some of these topics here on this week's ride in the three by three. Some breaking news, Pat, came down really right before we started recording just a few hours ago here on July 9th, Thursday, July 9th. The Big Ten. Conference announces that all fall sports will be moving to a conference-only model. Yes, this includes football people. The Buckeyes will be playing only conference games, Pat, if they even play games at all this year. All of this, of course, coming on the heels of the Ivy League, postponing or actually canceling all of their fall sports for the 2020 season. Uh, The Ivy League was, of course, the first league to bow out of conference tournament play way back in March when this whole nightmare got rolling. And that was a big shoe that dropped yesterday. Ohio State subsequently followed later last night with a shutdown of their entire voluntary workout program for their student athletes. And then the big 10 comes out with this statement today. And I I, I would assume and imagine that they're going to be the first of all five of the power conferences to eventually go to a conference only slate, Pat and, they lost a lot of marquee games already off the board so far for Big Ten teams. Opening week was going to be Michigan at Washington, or actually that might have been. That was week two matchup out west, and then Ohio State Same out west difference. Oregon. Iowa State, Iowa. Penn State, Virginia Tech. That would have been a really fun one. Cincinnati at Nebraska. Dame. Yes, Pat. Wisconsin versus Notre Dame on October 3rd. That was actually going to be played at Lambeau Field. It's just all these great games getting wiped away. Corona keeps on killing, and it's uh, it it's just seems like there's no end in sight, Pat. It's unbelievable. It's quite the bombshell today, quite the bombshell. Uh,
1: I, I am, in some sense, proud of the Big Ten for looking ahead for their students, looking ahead. I mean, let's face it. I, I didn't think the Big Ten or SEC would—neither of them would be the first to lead this charge, I would tell you that. So— I'm proud of the Big Ten for at least looking out for their student athletes, but yeah, man, what the bombshell! I, I, this might be like more of a comment on just all of society, but like, can we not get some cooperation? Like, what, what's your, what's your opinion on the spring
0: football, Pat? It's uh, if there's gonna be spring football at this point, if if they're gonna play football, Pat, it feels like we need a vaccine. That's what it feels like at this point because you got cases going up and almost. Uh, in over half the states in the United in in the country, you got we're hitting peaks of coronavirus positive test results every single day. It seems like, even though we're testing at a much higher rate and the rate that we all thought we needed to be at um, when this thing got going in March, so it's just it's it's brutal. The only silver lining in this whole whole development from in terms of the virus over the past few weeks is that the uptick in cases has not subsequently led to an uptick in deaths. So that's very good news. But once again, Pat, it's a novel virus. We don't know what the long-term effects of this illness could be. We don't know how damaged someone's lungs could be, even if they are able to recover and they don't succumb to the disease. So there's just obviously, once again, the most overused phrase in the world over the past five months. We don't know a lot about this virus, and we don't know what the... What the status of all these sure. fall sports are going to be, especially for colleges around the country. Uh, the the athletic director director of Notre Dame's Fighting Irish, your, your favorite team, Pat, on-time start to the season is, quote, less likely by the day. Ivy League, I mentioned, ruled out sports already. ACC announced just seven hours ago, Pat, they're delaying the start of fall sports until at least September 1st. And then I mentioned the Ohio State workouts that were paused. And the athletic director... Ohio State Gene Correct. Smith came out today and said that he is, uh, he's he's hopeful that they can be able to play games, but he is he was cautiously optimistic, Pat, just a couple weeks ago, and now he is downright, um, downright right. doubtful on the idea that there could be fall sports being played this fall. And he, he went as far to say that he's very concerned not only with the idea that the team or Ohio state could play fall sports, but just with the, the climate of the country overall, the fact that the United States has not gotten a handle on this thing, man, they have not, we have done as bad a job as any other nation in terms of getting this disease under control. And it's a big, big reason why the only thing we have back so far has been, of course, the dominance shown by UFC. We've, we've loved getting into that over the past month or two months with everything else gone but mls came back at the mls's back tournament on wednesday night and that seemed to go off well but you got teams dropping like flies in that one pat the nashville club just announced that they're going to be bowing out of the tournament fc dallas announced uh, just a couple days ago that they would be bowing out so they're still carrying on with play but it just seems like Bubble, no bubble. No matter what kind of plan you try to figure out, if you're playing sports in the United States, it's going to be very hard to figure out how to get it done.
1: You're thousand percent right, Russ. Thousand percent right. And I'm not jealous of any of these decision makers and any of these conferences or any of these leagues. I mean, because you're right. Like we've just done a poor job as as a nation cooperating. In coming up with a unified way to fight this virus, and because of that, it's putting a lot of people in just very hard situations. And I would, if you would have asked me uh, about a month ago, I would have been exactly where you are right now. In the sense that, like, I don't know how any of these sports get played. I don't know how we keep going about this virus, and we don't know any of the long-term effects of it. You know, we don't. We just don't know anything about it. It's just brand new to our world. You think about, you know, not even thirty years ago, what happened with the AIDS virus and Mike, when Magic Johnson got it, he was he was ostracized from all the professional sports, from literally, you know, popular society for a second. I mean, it's just these things happen with this virus. Overreactions happen, and I don't know what's gonna happen, so I'm not jealous at all. I don't know if it's overreactions, underreactions, and so man, I think you're you've hit it on the head, and I don't I don't know.
0: I don't know what exactly
1: when the Ivy League that that's that's the bread and butter right those are smartest people we have to offer in this in this (laughs) country and 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 when they're telling you when they're making decisions that they're making how do you not follow suit and so when I saw that their decisions were made and it obviously got less light in those in the sports media because it's Ivy League but I mean still when they're making those decisions do what they're doing it's got to be hard for those other leagues to look at themselves in the mirror and go oh yeah we're just gonna go we're just gonna go forth, you know, and it, it, like I, that's why that's why I did say I'm proud of the Big Ten. I mean, look at the messages that say Clemson is sending to their players and their fan base and the parents of their community versus what the what the Big Ten did. Like that's that's a big boy grown up decision to to put the actual well benefit of of the people representing the university in mind over the money.
0: I don't understand Pat how any team outside of the Power Five is going to be able to put together the infrastructure to be able to play a season or even justify it because the only exactly. reason, the only real reason for the power five to go out and play any sports at all this fall is to be able to save the budgets of the, of, of, of the athletic programs. And now, yes, that would be, it's, we're the only country in it.
1: the world. Yeah. We're the only country in the world that's going to rationalize this virus with, with the money that it can make and in the jobs it can create in this sense and the economy and whatever you want to put it to. But and that, that's exactly what the decision's going to come down to, right? And, and, yeah, at the end of the day, that's why I brought up spring football. Like, can we not just give it a little bit more time? Can we not just put everything on hiatus, say, all right, obviously, we need a few more months
0: to figure this out. And then maybe... Then maybe yeah. Pat, but maybe. Trevor. Think of this. For example, Trevor Lawrence. You think he's playing spring football when he's about to get about to become the number one overall sure. pick in the but NFL? You don't draft? think the NFL? Anyway. You don't
1: think the NFL could throw a single bone to these players of uh, the free minor league system that they've reaped the benefits of for decade after decade after decade? They couldn't throw one bone and delay that draft for two months. Like well, I know they well, won't, but, but
0: but I don't. I'm not worried about delaying the draft pad. I'm worried about all these players thinking, Hey, I'm only two months away from being paid to play football. Why would I go out and risk more injury in a situation that's going to be far from normal in terms of just week to week preparation for a game in terms of who you, who you think you're going to be playing against. If they even get coronavirus or not, are they even going to be on the field? So, you, you face all that, and it's just like, what's the point if you're a top 200 prospect? Why would you even play? And then, if you have 60% or half those guys don't play, then it's, then it, once again, what's the point? And the whole point is the only reason that these schools are even trying to put these love players... the players, <laughs> exactly, <They're laughs> trying to put these players through all this mess, Pat, the only reason they're keeping this this plan or these hopes alive for a season is because not only in the power five, but look at a school like Miami of Ohio or, or Ohio University, they're gonna probably I'm and I'm gonna contradict what I said a few minutes ago, but I mean everybody's gonna do as much as they can to figure out how to get games on the field and get TV eyeballs. Uh, get tv cameras on those games and get eyeballs in front of their tv to watch it and you get the ad money and you get the tv money and then you can somehow figure out a way to keep the ships afloat
1: but actually though you're not you're onto something there though but there's a lot of hope in action because as speaking as a miami ohio alum they not allowing fans would mean no different to their profit margin <laughs> And so that maxion money, that ESPN maxion money clearly yeah. is driving all decision making. Yes. And people are definitely hungry for some sports. I think we very might a, we ha, very ha, might ha, well have some
0: action. Where's the infrastructure for Miami or Ohio University in Athens, Ohio, where the only the only hospital within 40 Notoriously miles. the worst it's, hospital in Ohio. is an There you hospital. go. Exactly. Same. It, it, get 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 some rave reviews for Oblentis and know in, in Athens as well so it's like these the further you go down the line especially in college sports the harder and harder it's going to be for these programs to actually get games on the field and then if they can't play football these smaller schools they can't play football then there's they're in they're going to be cutting dozens of sports if not getting rid of sports entirely Pat because there's going to be no way to pay for it there's going to be absolutely no way to pay for it Especially when you keep going to the the Patriot League or the SWAC or even the MAC, the MAC is going to see athletic programs crumble if they're not able to get get games on the field. And when you talk about the, talk about the Big Ten decision tying all this up in lane number one to cancel non conference games, well, that just immediately totally destroys the financial future right. in terms of this season for teams like Ball State, Bowling Green. BYU, Central Michigan, Yukon, Northern Illinois, those pay-to-play games that they were going to receive money for by going and getting smoked by a Big Ten team, well, those are off the table now. And now that money's gone. It's just more money that's not going to be usable for these athletic programs. And it's just by the day, Pat, it seems like we are less and less likely from getting fall football this year. Spring football, I think they have obviously said that's the last resort And I would imagine they'll put as many resources as possible to getting that going if that's the only thing they're able to do. But man, it's just, it's brutal. It really feels like we're on a one-way road to not having college football this fall. Now the NFL, can they figure out their own game plan? Can they figure out how to handle this correctly with how much money they have and how many resources they have at their disposal? We will find out. Let's move right in the lane number two and we're going all NFL for the rest of the show we'll talk about a little bit of a happier topic, one that is uh, very happy for one man named Patrick Mahomes. Pat, 10-year extension on his rookie contract, meaning he will be with the Kansas City Chiefs for the next 12 seasons, all the way through the 2020s, going to be paid upwards of $500 million. $500 million, half a bill, people, to play quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. He now becomes the first NFL player in major American sports history to be the highest paid athlete in any of the four pro major sports. Pat Mahomes, he shares the same name as you, Mr. Fetch, and he just got paid. Yes,
1: I I mean, he's the GOAT. He's the greatest quarterback that's ever lived and ever will live, and I'm just so happy for him. I'm just so happy for him. It's actually insane, though, the point that you just made, that we're going to have an NFL player be the highest paid sports contract in all of sports history. That is that
0: is wild. Wild. Especially when you think 52 guys on a roster, then you go down to the Major League Baseball. What is it, Pat, like 30 guys, something like 25, that? If really 25. 25. There now 26. 15 guys on an NBA roster. NHL, I think it's... Little over twenty, something like that. So for a sport that carries rosters upwards of fifty people, to have their best player be the number one paid athlete in the country just shows you how dominant of a player Patrick Mahomes is. And the he's only argument, Hall of Famer Pat, he's already a Hall yeah. of Famer. He has a MVP, a Super Bowl, and a Super Bowl MVP. Every player at the quarterback position in the history of the league to pull that off, I think it's eight or nine total people has already been inducted into the Hall of Fame. So, he's really no, no, just playing with house money at this
1: point. I have our named Tom Brady and Peyton Manning.
0: Yes, yes. Those guys obviously first ballot Hall of Famers. Thank you, Pat. Thank you for the correction there. So, Mahomes gets the money. About $45 million per year annual average. He's going to uh be sitting very pretty in Kansas City and it's uh It's just brutal, Pat, for anybody that roots for the Broncos or the Chargers or the Bengals. Yeah, anybody anybody in the AFC. It's just Patriots 2.0. Decade, two decades plus of dominance. Here we come. Now, hopefully hopefully Andy Reid isn't a part of that train for the whole decade. Uh, Father Time maybe takes a crack at him here or there. But he's going to be there for the foreseeable future. And I don't see any reason why this team over the next two to three years at least isn't going to be the the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl. I am happy that I have
1: grown to love Pat Mahomes, and happy that I've grown to love Andy Reid too. So I won't be too angry, at least for the next couple of years, watching them dominate. But it will get old soon. And and what's really crazy is, honestly, the only thing you could say about the contract is Mahomes gave up too much. That oh, maybe he'll get very team more. friendly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's actually it's insane, insane to think about. They're going to give him half a billion dollars. And they're like, and, and the only argument you can make is, oh, he probably could have got more. Uh,
0: he, I, probably I honestly, what? Well, let's see, what would it have taken for me to think that's too much money for Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> Maybe 50, 55 million a year. I think that might have been too much
1: ownership of the franchise. Like he might as well. He's gonna probably increase the, you know, the worth of the Kansas City Chiefs by like fourfold by the time he's finished there. He's gonna be the best quarterback we've ever seen. I mean, like just his arm talent like i think about aaron rodgers all the time in comparison to patrick mahomes right like everything we saw from aaron rodgers as soon as he came out was amazing it was arm talent like we've never seen it was different than brady it was different than than manning and he could run a little bit he can scoot patrick mahomes is on in a whole other universe than than aaron rodgers like the things that he's done he's throwing no look passes 30 yards downfield he's making you know, no-look, flat-footed, 60-yard throws in the Super Bowl when he hasn't made a throw all game. The things that he does in the press situations, the nerve that he's shown, and he's got the pedigree, right? He's got a major league father. He, he's just – everything about him screams just success in, in poise and in composure and in, in just greatness. I, I He's going to be amazing to watch, and I just cannot wait.
0: Pat, you know two guys that were very – Very pleased when they saw this number come across the ticker. One, Dakota Prescott and Deshaun Deshaun Watson. The two other quarterbacks patiently waiting to be extended by their teams or in Dak Prescott's case, given a contract, fully a full contract after his rookie deal ran out this past year. Six days away, Pat, from the, the... Franchise tag deadline for one Dak Prescotts. I honestly think this deal getting done before Dak Prescott is interesting. It, is a bad sign for Cowboys fans who hope to get their quarterback signed long term. I because agree. If I'm, if I'm Dak Prescott, I'm looking at that forty-five million dollars a year, and I'm thinking, yeah, I'll play for thirty-plus million this year. They want to tag me again next year. Fine. I'll play on the tag again and then I'm gone. I'm going to leave after the third year and I'm going to get paid upwards of 40, maybe 45 million dollars by that point, depending on what the cap looks like. If I'm Dak Prescott, I'm writing this contract or excuse me, I'm writing this franchise tag all the way to the bank in hopes of getting a long term extension, maybe in one to two years.
1: So that's a great point. And I have a question for you. So with that franchise tag, so Mahomes still has two years left on his rookie deal, correct? Yes. Which means that would not affect the franchise tag over the
0: next couple of years. What do you mean? So like Mahomes, so does Mahomes the franchise tag, tag. tag?
1: So does the French right? So like for somebody a quarterback that would, if they got franchise tag this year, does this so they get the average of the top five salaries yes. Yes. annually or the top five that season? It's
0: average annual value. I'd have to get into the the logistics of the Mahomes' semantics of it. it. Yeah. So in terms of NFL salaries, I'm pretty sure when you sign that extension, then you, it gets immediately worked into your new deal. So this year, he should Mahomes should be getting paid like uh, like he like he's one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. So that's obviously great for Dak Prescott because it raises yeah, yeah, yeah. that average annual value of the top five players being paid at their position and it just nope, makes it straight. even more expensive for the Cowboys
1: that's a great point like I, I hadn't even thought of that point so that's that's amazing yeah, I do think it's awkward like it was an awkward amount of money it's so much money more money a longer length of time than anyone I think expected and so I think it's hard for, it'd be harder for Dak to really to try to come up with contract negotiations. I wouldn't even want to be in that situation. Um, But with the Texans and Deshaun Watson, I see Deshaun Watson in that situation in Houston as more comparable to the Mahomes situation in Kansas City where you might want to commit to Deshaun Watson right now and pay him whatever that man wants because that team has got all sorts of mishaps and just awkward contracts all over the place. But Deshaun Watson... Is made it very clear he can win any game that you that you give him a chance in that that he can put up points on anybody he's got the poise to play in any situation i love deshaun watson and i a a world where dak prescott might get paid more than deshaun watson i that's a world that i don't understand even in the world today that's a world that i just don't understand what do
0: you think i'm with you pat i think Deshaun Watson, if I'm the Texans, and if just if you're any team, really in any sport overall, especially the NFL, though, if as long as it's not a running back, even running backs can kind of fall in this category as well sometimes. You always pay your best player as early as possible because it's just going to continue to get more expensive, i.e. the Cowboys facing this situation now. Had they signed Dak Prescott to a long-term extension, four-year extension last year, for right around 33, 34 million, then he'd be locked in. He'd be good to go. There wouldn't be any haggling over the fourth and fifth year. There wouldn't be anything like that that the Cowboys would have to deal with. And then they'd have to address Ezekiel Elliott, who is much less important down the line. It's, Even yeah. if they had to let him go, who cares? It's not that big a deal. So if you're the Texans, Deshaun Watson, without Deshaun Watson, this team what should be disbanded. They're nothing. They're absolutely <laughs> nothing. He makes he makes lemonade out of lemons every single Sunday. So, yes, Pat, they need to sign him and extend him immediately and get that done before the season. I do it's... think the Texans will get Deshaun Watson done before week one kickoff, if there is one. But the Cowboys, man, I think it's less and less likely by the day that they get Dak signed.
1: What, what he did is just made such a wild, right? So it's 45 annual for Mahomes at the top. Mm-hmm. And then it's a 10 million. It's 35 to the next at Russell Wilson. It's and crazy. so obviously, like the negotiations where your agent contract works, you're always using, uh, you know, players as benchmarks to try to get your money up. But I mean, Patrick Mahomes might be $15 million a year more valuable than any other quarterback that we've seen. Like Lamar Jackson was in- amazing last year. And, you know, and he couldn't get out of the first round, and right, like it, it's just such a difference. Mahomes on the field, he's played two years, he should have won two Super Bowls. He was a coin flip away and offsides away from two of them, and so it, it's just, it, it's it's got to be hard. I I don't, I'm not jealous of any of those agents right now trying to value that. You would think it would be easier, right? You set that top guy, and you just build down from there. You're gonna get more money. The more the top guy gets, the more money you get. But it was almost an awkward amount of money for, for you to negotiate with. And so, yeah, I think Dak's going to have a difficult time. He might, he might be right back to where he started now because of that contract.
0: $10 million gap between the highest paid, second highest paid quarterback in the NFL. And if I'm just Watson, that money. Yeah, it's, it's it, it, but it's, it's a legitimate gap in terms of talent, honestly, between Russell yeah. Wilson in his own right is, is I think unequivocally the second best quarterback in the NFL, but it's just that big a difference in terms of overall talent to be very interesting to see what happens with the Dak Prescott and Deshaun Watson camps over- For the next, obviously, for Prescott next six days, and Watson over the next couple months, leading in to Week One. Pat closing out today's show with another list, a weekly ride in the three by three list. The Washington football franchise has come under justified fire over the past couple weeks because of their unwillingness to change the team name in the past. I won't even say it to give them the satisfaction, but they are under serious consideration. Quote. From the organization to change the name i don't know really what that means i think we all just kind of assume it's going to get changed here in the next couple weeks before the season kicks off we decided to give a little top three of our favorite nicknames potential nicknames for a washington redskins name change along with the cleveland indians who have also said that they will be uh Heavily, heavily investigating a new uh, new nickname for their franchise. So Pat is going to handle the Indians' yes. nicknames, and I'm going to handle the Washington nicknames. I'll go first this week, Pat. My number three choice for the Red— I almost said it. I'm not going to say it. For the Washington football franchise, I like the Jeffersons. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> it sounds nice. It's got a nice ring to it. It was a fun, uh, very popular sitcom back in the uh, back in the seventies. I just, it's just got a nice, fun ring. Thomas Jefferson could be a, I don't know, could be a little problematic because of <laughs> slave, slave ownership and stuff like that. But he did write the Declaration of Independence. Is obviously one of the great founding fathers of this, this country. Number two, I'm just gonna roll off my list. I'll let go you roll it. off go yours. Number two, I'm gonna go with the Roosevelts. I love that name. Okay. I like that I just, one more. I just think it just has a nice flow. The Roosevelt's, you could get a nice color scheme going. It's Although a very American, are, very American name right there. They are planning on keeping the burgundy and gold color scheme. So I am, I am a fan of that. Uh, I, I do love the Washington color scheme and I have always liked their, their uniforms they are very clean. So the Roosevelt's that's my number two pick and number one, Pat, I honestly think this is going to be the selection it just makes too much sense. The Washington Red Tails. People, right. if, that, if that rings a bell, there was a Disney movie that came out a few years ago centering around the Red Tails Fighter Squadron, which is um, a fighter pilot squadron from World War II uh, made up of the Tuskegee Airmen Group. Of course, the first African-American aviators in the United States Armed Forces. I think with the climate going on right now and what kind of history the Redskins name represented. I think this would be a great way to kind of reverse the trend do a nice solid and get a fun name. I think red tails is a cool name. It rolls off the tongue. Nice. You can get a nice color scheme going. I know Ollie Connolly on uh, Twitter tweeted out a really cool design from Pete Rogers, uh, just kind of going deep diving into the whole red tails logo red tails nickname all that stuff so i love washington red tails that's my number one pick and i think that will end up being the selection pat what do you got for our three indians picks i think you're exactly right that was that was a beautiful list all right so my three indian picks
1: there's so much i think i mean i hate cleveland cleveland's a terrible city i would never ever be caught dead living in that city but there's a lot of very interesting names that can get, so I don't know why they wouldn't be open to changing their name. The first one I'm going with, these are all a little bit corny, but they all work, the Cleveland Rocks. Okay, there's something you can do with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right? You can do the Rockers. You can't do the Rockies. You can do the Rockets. Or you can just do Cleveland Rocks, right, just like the song. I think that would be great, get a lot of cheap advertising from it. It would be an easy marketing play on the team, all right? That's so that's great. number three. So number two, we got – the Cleveland Lakers. Why not? Another easy marketing play, another it easy money. It would actually make grab.
0: sense unlike the LA. A league. lot of
1: sense. Right, exactly. You buy the most fa- arguably the most famous of the f- whatever how many lakes. And so, I think that'd be a great name. And the last one is also a lake name, one of my personal favorites. The Cleveland Erie. Right, a little bit of a play on words there. You have to have some intelligence for this one. But I just imagine like a logo, a branding scheme. You could have sort of like the Grim Reaper coming over the Foggy Lake, Mm
0: -hmm. the Cleveland
1: Erie. I think they would be a perfect name for a baseball or football, any sports league. I think it'd be a beautiful name. You could do a lot of fun stuff with it. You could do Erie Nights every Friday nights and Erie Nights, like Halloween at the ballpark. It'd be awesome. It'd be awesome. That's my number one selection.
0: Why not change
1: the name? Why not change the name?
0: I love that Erie's pick, Pat. Those are good three good selections. Have you submitted those to the uh, the, the Cleveland name change committee?
1: No, I would never do anything never help for Cleveland, for free? Like Cleveland.
0: No, for free. Not for free. No way. Pat Pat has made his uh, made his thoughts very clear on how he feels about the city of Cleveland. <laughs> and uh, though he has not taken as much uh taken as much uh, deficit with the Cleveland name selections that he came up with. So those are some good ones. Nice, nice list there from Mr. Fetch. That's it, folks. That's it for this week's episode of Riding the 3x3. For Patrick Fetch, I'm Russ Heltman. Hope everybody enjoys UFC 251 this weekend. Fight Island back, baby. That's going to be a lot of fun. And we'll be uh, we'll be chatting about everything and all the breaking news. Hopefully some good breaking news. Over the next seven days, before next week's ride in the three by three, have a great weekend, everybody.